he didn't save you to sit on the sidelines. Yeah, it's good. You know, he saved you with a purpose. You were bought with a very expensive price. Yeah. I don't do these things out of duty or obligation. I do them because I want to do them. I want my life to be a pleasing aroma. Life Audio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. My name is Caden Fabrizio. I'm the host of this podcast, Questions with Caden, where in every episode we ask one question and we try and deeply and irrelevantly answer the question as best we can based on what Scripture would tell us as believers. I'm really happy you clicked on this podcast. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to be encouraged. um, And potentially, you'll leave a little bit better than how you clicked on the podcast, and that's the goal. I do want to give a big shout-out to Life Audio. We have officially joined their network. Round of applause. And they've partnered with us on this podcast to help take it to new heights and a new level. And I'm very excited about that. They're incredible. They're an incredible faith-based organization that believes in the work of um, what God's doing through the internet and through podcasts. Podcasting. And so we're, I'm very, very, very excited about that. I want to shout out you and me media in Pasadena, California for having us into the studio. It's beautiful. If you're in the area um, and you need a place to record, this is the spot. Look them up. Their website is youandmemedia.co. If you guys um, never want to miss an episode, if you want to be uh, up to date on content, on episodes, on new merch drops, um, on future guests that are coming up, join the newsletter. You can go to cadenfabrizio.com and click on the newsletter. Um, so that you never miss a thing, you're up to date, and you're kind of in the know, in the exclusive know-how, because that email list is going to be honestly the best way for you to know when um, I'm doing new things and when the podcast is doing new things. Uh, Today, we have an amazing conversation with a good friend of mine, someone I look up to, Andrew Carter. He's a pastor. Uh, He is a content creator and really a guy that has um, centered his, his life around being a disciplined disciple of Jesus, one that has decided he is going to take what God has given him, and he's going to take his life and chase after Jesus with everything he has, no matter the cost, no matter what it costs him, no matter the sacrifice. And I think we can all glean so much from Andrew today about what it looks like for us to be disciplined in our lives, how we can take that step into discipline, what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus in discipline, um, and how it's actually the healthiest thing for us. And discipline's not a, a punishment. But it's an opportunity to step into the fullness that Jesus has for you. We got a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll jump right in. Bro, thanks for coming on the podcast, for real. Yeah. Uh, I'm such a big fan of you, such a big fan of what you do on social media. Um, for, honestly, probably, man, when did we meet? We met each other maybe, what was that, six months ago? Person, yeah. In person. Oh, see. Yeah. Um, in OC at one of those dinners. But I've been yeah. following you for a bit. I think you've been following me too. Yeah. Just such a huge fan of the way you live your life and what you're doing on social media. Thank you. So, so excited to have you on the podcast, dude. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bro. I, I've been waiting, honestly. I was like, <laughs> what is taking so long to get me? But here Bro, I, we are. I wanted to make sure we had in person, in studio. I like that. I, um, I was like, man, this guy, he's big presence. We need him, we need, we need him in person. <laughs> and also, like, knowing that we're both, like, in you're in, you're in like, deep L.A. Mm-hmm. I'm in uh, L.A.-ish area. Yeah. But knowing that we're both in California, I was like, we have to find a way to do this in person. So I'm so glad it. we got to do this, man. I love it. And yeah. I'm super excited for today's, today's convo. So every question with Caden episode, we, we ask a big question, obviously. Okay. And the question you and me talked about a little bit. But what I loved when you, um, when I texted you, I was like, hey, man, what, what do you want to talk about? 
and you gave me some options is I had just seen a post a couple days before that of you working out mm-hmm. at CrossFit, which I also do CrossFit. I saw that. So come on, man. Let's I go. Saw that. We'll talk a bit about CrossFit today. But I thought it was perfect because um, discipline, what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. is one of those things that is permeated throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Like you see people who have true discipline. They're disciplined in every single area. And so today I really want to talk about that disciplined in our faith, disciplined in how we live, Mm -hmm. things we eat, how we work out, all those things may matter so much. And so really excited for the combo today, man. We're asking the question, are disciples disciplined? Yeah. And that's a huge, really a huge question, especially nowadays um, for people. um, It's easy to slack off and it's, Mm -hmm. it's easy to use other things as an excuse to not have discipline. Um, this is just the way I am. This is just, you know, this is kind of how I roll. Like, I'm not a type A guy. Right. You know, I'm not. And from someone who, like, genuinely is not a type A guy, me, yeah. um, discipline has been such a key factor in my life in mm-hmm. uh, really allowing me to step into the fullness of Christ. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it today. Yeah, for real. it's going to be exciting. Before we jump into the conversation, let's read some foundational scriptures. I have three of them. Let's go. And what we're going to do is we're going to read these scriptures, pray, and we're just going to talk, man. And I love it. I'm excited to hear um, really some insight into your life, into discipline, how you formulated disciplines. You said something before we started the podcast that I really want to jump into, but I'm also excited to have you give listeners some tips into how they can become disciplined. Most definitely. Because it doesn't happen on accident. I think you and me both know um, it doesn't happen on accident, and it can easily, uh, on accident, become something you don't do. So. Let's read these scriptures and we'll jump in the conversation. The first one's Galatians 5, 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think that's huge for discipline. Yeah. Second verse that I think is really important for today is 2 Timothy 1, 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And then the last one, which is huge, is Proverbs ten seventeen. It says, people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. So I'm pretty pumped about this. You want to pray for the podcast, bro? I would jump love in. to pay, pray right now. Let's so, go. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the time that we get to spend together. Lord, we just pray that you would sprinkle this conversation with salt, that every word that we speak would point people and those listening to you. God, we just pray that... Your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us in this conversation, and that at the end of the day, you would receive glory, honor, and the praise that you are worthy of. And we pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So, bro, this conversation about discipline, I love the question we're asking, like, are disciples disciplined? Because until literally like a few days ago when we were talking about it, I didn't even like realize that like discipline is in the word disciple. Mm -hmm. Like the root words are the same. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about, like, as a believer, what does it look like for us? Let's talk purely in our faith so far. Like, what does it look like for us to be disciplined in terms of our faith? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, discipline is, it's the foundation of everything that we do. Yeah. It's, it's showing up on a regular basis. Uh, and it's really evident in our faith, you know, trusting that God is going to take you from where you are to where it is that he's called you. Yeah. And that takes discipline. That takes yeah. showing up. and. Again, we're not talking about works. I think that that's, no, that's huge. something that we have to kind of lay out there is because people will get uh, things confused 
so I'm going to say that you have to be disciplined in your prayer life. You have to be disciplined in your devotion to Scripture, disciplined in spending time alone with God and getting quiet. Those aren't going to make God love you more or less. But if we're talking about what are we doing after salvation, we've received Jesus. He's our Lord and Savior. You know, we're interacting with God. How do you live your life? And I believe yeah. the foundation of that is rooted in being disciplined and and uh, denying many of the desires of your flesh and doing what we're called to do. Totally. No, I love how you, you talked like discipline is not works. Yeah. Because that's huge. Because that's something we don't want to like portray in this podcast no. today is we're not portraying like you need to work harder for your faith. Yeah. You need no. to work harder for the love of God. No. You're not doing enough. Because exactly. we're not saying that at all. Like no. we know you and me, like we are saying like, you have already received the love of Jesus. You've already yeah. received salvation. When we're talking discipline today, the goal is to say, hey, we're going to encourage you that having discipline and having some disciplines mm-hmm. may allow you to walk into more freedom, more fullness, and more awareness of Holy Spirit and, and knowing Jesus yes. intimately. Yes. It's more so a tool, right? Yeah. Like it's not like, it's not something that we're doing to burden ourselves. It's no. something we're using to produce something in our life that's going to be fruitful and produce other fruits. Yeah. Like for me in my life, I know I would, wouldn't necessarily necessarily say that like I was the most disciplined in terms of my faith. Grew up in a Christian home, grew up a, grew up a believer, but wasn't disciplined in terms of my faith and seeking the Lord and spending time in the secret place with Him until a few years ago, and that's when my life changed. Mm-hmm. But I was disciplined in other areas of my life. Like I was a tennis player for most of my life. I was a, a college tennis player, so like there was disciplines. I had goals, I had dreams, I had desires. There was disciplines that I. Uh, put into play because I knew they were going to better what I was doing. So for instance, like I didn't eat gluten for two years when I was like 16 and 17 because my favorite tennis player quit drinking or quit um, eating gluten. And I was like, oh, it must make you better. So I didn't eat gluten because I convinced myself it didn't. It did nothing for me. I don't have a gluten intolerance. It did nothing for me, but I was willing to like be disciplined in those areas because I Mm -hmm. thought it would make it better. Yeah. And before you started the podcast, you even mentioned, you're like, hey, I've been disciplined before I knew Jesus. Yeah, most definitely. Like, what does that look like? How, how were you disciplined before that? How's yeah. it like, how's it really bled into your life and, yeah. and now what you're doing? Well, I come from a fitness background, so I owned a gym for six years before I was a Christian. Oh, wow. Uh, I have two degrees in health promotion and education and uh, public health. So my life was surrounded about uh, around physical health and exercise and yeah. fitness and nutrition. And so I understand that in order to see results as a trainer, as a coach, uh, there's disciplines that you have to do consistently in your life. So if I want to see physical results, I have to be disciplined and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I have to be disciplined and watch the food that I eat. Um, I have to be disciplined in amount of sleep that I'm getting and how much water that I drink. And so I understand that if I'm disciplined in those areas and I do that consistently over time, it's going to produce results. Yeah. And so for me as a pastor and as a follower of Christ, I understand that in order to see results, I need to be disciplined and consistent in different areas of my life you know, over a period of time, and it will yield results. It's, it's almost like a scientific equation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Discipline and consistency done over a period of time will produce results. Wow. And so you take that in the physical, which is, and you can, you, it, it's quantitative. You can see it happen. Yeah. Give me 90 days, eat good exercise, sleep, drink water. It's going to produce results. Totally. If you take that and apply it to your spiritual life, it's the exact same thing. No, that's huge. And I think I always say like, and I think a lot of preachers say this, but I always say it because it's something that I heard when I was younger and I've lived by for a bit is like, you know, God is supernatural, but like we have so much control over the natural 
And when we control our natural well, we allow God to put his supernatural to our natural and oh, create something pretty incredible. Yeah. And a big part of our natural is just is being disciplined. And a big part of our natural is like eating well mm-hmm. and sleeping well and um not going out on a Tuesday night to the club. And you know, like just there's these disciplines in your life right. that are gonna allow yourself to be in the position to receive what God has for you supernaturally. Absolutely. And I think it all kind of blends and bleeds into each other. Yeah. You said you owned a gym? Yeah, I owned a CrossFit gym for Dude. six years. Let's go. I want to yeah. dab you up so yeah. bad right yeah. now. Let's go. Air dab. Air dab. So yeah. you, were you doing CrossFit before then then? Yeah, I've been doing CrossFit for almost 12 years now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Dude, we got to do a workout together. Let's get it. That man. would be so fun. Yeah. I had no idea you did CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing it. Owned a gym. That's what the, a lot of these tattoos. I got barbells. I got my... Uh, yeah, I see there's a barbell on your yeah, bicep. Yeah. So how many tattoos do you have? No idea. <laughs> I, I, I literally, my back is covered. My, you got a full my ba- chest. Yeah, you got like, like a full body suit almost. Uh, for the most part, I'm, I'd say about I'm seventy percent covered. And that's tight. Yeah, I yeah. want to be like both arms and like a chest and upper, and some leg stuff. Really, I got one arm. Okay, we're totally deviating, but this is important. <laughs> it's, it's very important. It's very important. So, are yeah. you going to get more? Uh, I haven't been led to. You know, uh, yeah. it's it's really a conviction. It has to be meaningful and okay. it has to be uh, purposeful. And so I haven't had a tattoo in, I think, since 2020 or so. Oh, it's been a minute. So it's been a while. What yeah. was your last one? Uh, I had a cover-up of oh, over here on my my uh, my arm. I had a name of somebody who I was once together with. Let's go. And before entering into a new covenant, I thought it was appropriate yeah. to get that covered. I got it when I was 19. Okay. And so yeah. it was one that had lingered far longer than it should we all got bad tattoos bro do we i literally have one in my mouth yeah i was just showing them like a few minutes ago <laughs> anyway let's get back to the conversation yeah discipline so, discipline that's what we're talking about not tattoos so i uh i think it's all correlated that's why i was asking because i think all ties. the way that you live your life and even just from the conversations we've had just mm-hmm. brief dms and even the time we got to hang out before like and the way you carry yourself, you can tell that there's just like a spirit of discipline on you. Like there's an expectation for the way that you live. Mm-hmm. There's an expectation for even the people around you. Yeah. And um, I'm just curious to know, like, where did that come from? Um, how, do, how does someone listening build that expectation on their life? How do they carry that spirit of discipline on them? Because I think for, um, I mean, I'm just for my age, especially, because how old are you? I'm 38. 38. So like yeah. my age, because I'm, tw- I'm 24. Mm-hmm. So my age demographic and a lot of people listening are going to be on that younger side. Yeah. It's really easy to be stepping into the next season, which could be college. They could be in college. They could be getting into the business world, stepping into the, whatever they're doing, um, chasing their dreams. I think no matter where you are and what you're doing, there has to be discipline yeah. or it's not going to be successful. So I just want to hear part of your story, part of your testimony. Like what is, yeah. how is discipline on manufactured in your life? How did you become mm-hmm. to know that it's a value that's important? Yeah. Yeah, well, let me. This is gonna get a little sad. So, yeah, bro, let, let, let me just get real with yeah, you. Yeah, let's a do second. it. So, uh, growing up, both of my parents were drug addicts, and so there was zero stability in my life. There was yeah. a lot of ups and downs. Um, I would come home from school, and I wasn't sure if my mom was gonna be OD'd, if our house was gonna be burnt down, wow. uh, or if we were gonna have everything packed in the car and we were moving. Uh, you know, for in fifth grade, I think I went to five different schools. Wow. So we were in and out of rehab centers, uh, project housing. Uh, I was in and out of foster care. The thing that I found growing up is that 
I lacked stability. I lacked consistency. I lacked discipline. Yeah. So by the age of 12, I was drinking, smoking weed and having sex. So I was literally mimicking what I saw in my environment. Wow. And as we know, those are destructive habits yeah. and things that don't lead you in a good direction. When I was 16 years old, my mom went to jail for a year. Or no, she was in rehab this time. And I went to a foster home. It was my sophomore year of high school. And I spent an entire year in foster care. The year before that, my freshman year, I actually uh, I dropped out of school about three quarters of the way through. I struggled with school. I hated authority. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. Yeah. What I found is in foster care, the year where I had stability, discipline, and consistency, I got a 4.0. I actually played basketball uh, as a sophomore and swung JV varsity and um, led my team in points and rebounds. Wow. What I found is that when my environment was controlled, there was consistency, discipline, and stability. I could thrive. And so when my mom got out, I went back home and was back in that environment. And so something clicked for me, and I realized that if I control the things that I can control, which are my choices, decisions, yeah. my discipline and consistency, regardless of my environment, I could thrive. Yeah. So that stuck, that stuck with me from a very young age. Even though I didn't apply it, it was a reoccurring theme like, hey, if you control these things, then that discipline will carry you further than your circumstances. Totally. That's yeah. crazy, bro. What yeah. a story. How did you come to know the Lord? Oh man, I was 17 years old and I, I was trying to uh, hook up with this girl and her brother was a Christian. And he was like, if you want to date my sister, you got to be a Christian. And I was like, bro, I'll sign up for whatever. Like, <laughs> I'll do whatever. I was yeah. just, you know, again, I didn't know Jesus growing up. I didn't go to church. Like I said, I was doing drugs. And yeah. so that was the first time I heard the name of Jesus that didn't sound like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. Wow. And so after an hour of him breaking down sin, salvation, repentance, eternal separation from God, I was like, I need to know this Jesus guy. And so I received Christ at 17, but um, it wasn't solid. Like it, it, I know that I was saved looking back. I received the Holy Spirit, but I went back to the same house that same night. Yeah. So what waited at my house was weed and alcohol and all of those things. So although I received the free gift, there wasn't a tangible change in my life until years later. So when did you notice like that? When did you have that tangible change? And when did you notice that discipline was going to be one of the key things that was going to like unlock that change? I was about 23 years old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was in church. I got myself put into a church and the church was very militant. The goal for that church was to plant pastors and churches. Oh, wow. And so I got into a very intense discipleship uh, project. So I went from literally getting out of jail to this church planting church where I was uh, under a seven day a Let's week go. discipleship program. And I went from, you know, committing crimes to basically being discipled to be a pastor. And uh, the thing that really, really clicked is that after, um, after being in that church for about two years, I came to a pivotal decision. And the decision was I walked into an open gym, I'm playing basketball and the coach comes up, there's a coach afterwards, and he goes, hey, what classes are you taking next year? And I was like, bro, I'm 23, I've got two kids, and I, I build houses. I was like, I'm not taking classes. Yeah. And he said, if you come to school next fall, I'll give you a scholarship. And so I took that to my pastor. I was excited. I was like, yo, this just happened. And he was like, well, you have a calling to be a pastor. He goes, if you take that opportunity, I feel like it's going to ruin your life. And so wow. as a 23-year-old kid, you're like, so you're telling me going to school, getting a degree, the first in my family to ever go to college, is a bad decision? Yeah. 
And he was like, yeah. So I, I walked away from the church and I went to school. I said, you know what? Whoa. You guys are crazy. I don't know. I don't care what this Jesus guy says. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. And so that was when I, I had, I had an understanding of Christ, but I chose a different path because it, everything he was telling me didn't make any sense. Yeah. So I walked away from Jesus at 23. No way. Yeah. Then yeah. when did you come back? 10 years later, 12 years later. Wow. Yeah. So I spent time, like I said, I got two college degrees. That was out of Christ. I built a business making six figures out of Christ. I wasn't following Jesus. Um, I was succeeding because I uh, applied those techniques of discipline and consistency. Yeah. Started training hard. I started going to school, studying hard. I controlled my environment and succeeded according to the eyes of the world. Yeah, yeah. I had achievements, accolades, awards. I was on the Chamber of Commerce. Um, I had the house, the kids, the car, the business. I was doing really well. And yeah. so um, it wasn't until I had never healed from any of my childhood issues. Wow. I had never uh, gone to counseling. Uh, behind the scenes, I was still very empty and broken. And so I ended up going to prison after all this when I was in my early 30s. Um, Yeah, I I struck somebody with a bottle. And when I did that, I lost everything. I lost my business. I lost my family. I lost my my home, my reputation, lost everything. And so I spent 18 months in prison. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Bro, I can't imagine that. Yeah. So in prison, did you meet the Lord then? No. No? I was mad at God. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. ran. So I, I liken it to a Jonah situation. I was called to ministry at 23. Uh-huh. I ran, just like Jonah ran from Nineveh. Yeah. Uh, my belly of the well was over a decade. That's so crazy. I spent some time Jonah's my favorite book of the Bible, well. by the way. It? Changed my life. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. get it. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. So yeah, my belly of the well moment was a decade. Wow. And so it wasn't until after I got out of prison. In prison, I read 50 books in the first 50 days. So I was Unreal. consuming information over that 18 months discipline and consistency yeah i read every book that you could probably get your hands on in prison and i exercised i ate well i studied i was determined to not go back to god i was going to show him that i didn't need him number one i could succeed and number two i was going to reclaim and recoup everything that i had lost yeah in that 18 months and so it was crazy bro there's like this i'm like catching this theme across your life of Mm -hmm. discipline right like you saying like you know, there's instability mm-hmm. early on, yeah. and when you experienced discipline, there was thriving, mm-hmm. and then you walked away, you got that opportunity to play basketball, walked away from the church, walked away from the Lord, and then it sounds like you were still disciplined, though, in, some, in a lot of things. So Everything. it's really interesting when we're talking about discipline on, like, a faith-based podcast, when mm-hmm. we're saying, like, oh, yeah, discipline's important, it's void without the Lord. Yeah. Because, like, you were, you were disciplined, but you still ended up in prison. It's a word, bro. Which is, a, which is an interesting thing, because we have a a lot of um, gurus in the world right now. You got the Gary V's and you got even like Jake Paul and all these people talking to our generation about how to live life and how to be successful and how to get all the things you had. And then they're ending up rock bottom and they're going, how come it it doesn't make any sense because I was disciplined. I did the, all these things. I worked the way I was supposed to. I had all the stuff, but I was void and empty on the inside. I didn't tell anybody that, but then I ended up rock bottom or ended up an alcoholic or ended up in prison or ended up alone and lonely. I ended up mm-hmm. depressed. And so it's interesting how like even in a life for you where you've you've formulated discipline as being like a foundation for yourself to be mm-hmm. successful, it was still sand. Yep. Like it still wasn't built on a firm foundation. Nailed it. So like what are the tips for like how do we build how do we build discipline as a disciple uh following Jesus? What does that look like? Because like we're talking about like dude, it's void. Like for me, grew up uh athlete in the church, knew Jesus my whole life, you know, knew Jesus my whole life. Right. Um, 
but and discipline was like the was like like in your life was one of the things that was most important to me because I literally at the age of in sixth grade I I started playing tennis got good really fast asked my parents to get homeschooled got homeschooled started training six hours a day eating right gym two hours court four hours three hours of school rinse repeat every single day that was my life until literally my senior year of high school and so it was train 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 eat right eat right eat right eat right sleep well sleep well sleep well get results get results get results perform 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 and then you step into a relationship with jesus and he's like hold up that's not any of the principles of the gospel like you don't need to perform like you don't need to you don't need to strive. You don't need to work for this love. You don't need to work for your salvation. You don't need to work to know me. You just yeah. have to receive. Yeah. But there is a level of discipline to be able to step into receiving that. So what does that look like, man? Let's talk about that. Man, I just I feel like you have to look at it from the the perspective of what do you do after salvation? I, I shared that. Like, what do you do with the time? He he didn't save you to sit on the sidelines. Yeah, it's good. You know, he saved you with a purpose. You were bought with a very expensive price. Yeah. I don't do these things out of duty or obligation. I do them because I want to do them. I want my life to be a pleasing aroma and uh, an example of what it is to be completely sold out to him. Yeah, I was a slave to this world. Yeah, I, I, I did. Like, And you said it. I did everything that this world would promises you will bring you success, peace, happiness, and yeah. purpose. And it was all empty. There was none of it satisfied. It was a chasing after the wind. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you apply these discipline and consistent uh, consistency principles, it has to be centered around Jesus. Yeah. It has to be all for him. Yeah. Or you can become a slave to those principles again. Yeah. And yeah. so it has to be grounded and rooted, and it has to be very intentional. Totally. There has to be intention. But you also... The Holy Spirit, what do they liken it to? They liken it to a goose chase, a wild goose chase. I've been reading this book, uh, Mark Batterson, and he relates the the word for the Holy Spirit, I believe, in uh, – diff- it's a different language, but okay. it's considered a wild goose. Wow. And it's like chasing so a wild goose because the Holy Spirit will go left and right and up and down, and he's not checking in with you. If you're ready, he's going to go where he goes, and you've got to follow. And it's the same. You control what you can. And then you follow the Holy Spirit in the rest of those areas. Yeah. We control our prayer life. Totally. We control our scripture devotion. We yeah. control what we eat, what we drink, and how we operate. We control those things, and we do so in order to honor the temple that God's given us and really to keep ourselves set aside. Everything else in between, there's so much freedom and, and, and grace and movement. Yeah. So. No, I love that. I love that. I, like, I'm a, uh, I don't know if you're an Enneagram guy, but I'm like an Enneagram 7 which means that like, it's, and I just say that because I'm not like a massive Enneagram guy. I just say it because it helps people understand the way I think. Mm-hmm. I just like don't like to be tied down. Like mm-hmm. I like to be able to be thinking, moving, like you said, almost like I like that wild goose chase. Like yeah. that feels like where I thrive. Mm-hmm. And for, for me, after I quit playing tennis and the athlete thing was over for me, it was like discipline out the window. Because wow. for me, it was like, okay, I'm done being tied down. Mm-hmm. I'm done being chained. And I didn't understand that discipline was not, cha- was not like, was not to be to to imprison you and put you in bondage, but it's, it's to give you freedom. Like yeah. discipline actually unlocks freedom in your life. Yes. And I um I went through a season of life where I dated a girl for a while. We were engaged. We broke up. After we broke up, I remember looking in the mirror, bro. I was like twenty five pounds heavier, just like just in the worst place I've ever been. And I look in the mirror, and I'm like, who is this guy? Like who have I become? And I just remember like kindly, the Holy Spirit was like. 
you just lack discipline. Wow. And so then I got into CrossFit. I started caring what I ate, like to the point where like now I'm get obsessed about it. Like I just started <laughs> caring about those things because I realized like this discipline was going to unlock so much of who I am yeah. and so much of who God needs me and asks me to be. Yeah. Because he's, he's calling us to, to, to do something, each of us. Yeah. And what I was doing, not living disciplined, eating whatever I wanted, not working out, um, was first of all, you don't look good, you don't feel good, you're not your best. Right. And what I was doing was I wasn't allowing God to use me in those areas because I was, I mean, I wasn't my best. I was hindering. Not that you have to be your best to be used by God. But right. so what does discipline look like in your life, though? Oh, man. Like daily, like daily disciplines. Because, you know, there's the guys like, I wake up at four <laughs> and I eat a raw egg. <laughs> Yeah. And then I go to the gym. Yeah. And I'm done by six. Then I can run four miles home. And I like those big grind guys. Right. What is is that you? What is yeah, that? Yeah, like? unfortunately you almost you, <laughs> you almost go. just described my day. No, no. Um this is this is crazy. So to to speak on discipline and consistency, I've been doing a daily Bible study called Coffee and Prayer. Yeah, dude. And today is day three hundred and sixty. Unreal. Consecutive. So on Sunday we celebrate one year, and that's every day for the last year. I've gotten up at four thirty and we've done a one hour Bible study that I've led, basically a sermon. Wow. And we've worked our way through the New Testament twice and we are working our way. So we do one chapter from the New Testament, one chapter from the old. So on Sunday, it's three hundred and sixty five consecutive. We haven't missed a day. Every holiday, every birthday, I've gone on tour. I uh, the same days that I preach in uh, my church, we still do Bible study for an hour. So you do Bible study in the morning before you preach it. Five thirty a.m. every day. I'm talking New Year's Eve. I went on vacation to Cancun. I was there for a week. Every day, I had a straw hat on. I had, you know what I mean. I had <laughs> a virgin go. margarita in my <laughs> hand, go. and we did it. So that's what my day looks like. So every day, I get up at four thirty, um, and I do coffee and prayer. Immediately after I go to the gym, I go to CrossFit or I go to the gym or I play basketball. Uh, the afternoon is usually tied down with things like this mm-hmm. um, podcast. Uh, I'm writing a book. The book oh, is coming out next year. So Congrats. I've been writing. Awesome. Thank you. It's been good. I've been working with apps, creating content, you know, the, the digital life. influencer yeah. life. Um, also being a church planter. I do all of that. I usually go back to the gym in the evening uh, or I play basketball. I'm in a couple basketball leagues. Played in the pro am VBL this summer. Dude, so that's awesome. My life really consists of uh, intense prayer and Bible study, yeah. um, a lot of physical fitness, and then uh, just you know putting together content to disperse to the world. Totally. Yeah. When did you start doing um, this prayer thing in the mornings? Were you doing that before you started the Coffee and Prayer podcast? Yes. So the the revelation was, you know, hey, I'm already doing an hour of prayer, drinking yeah. coffee and reading my Bible. And as I was starting this church, we were planning the church because it coincides. We celebrated a year on Sunday at our Dude, church. Congrats. So our That's church huge. plant one year. And then the next week is a coffee. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. 
the Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. In prayer. So it started out as one of two things. The first one is like, what does discipleship look like? Yeah. Okay. Discipleship is getting up and leading by example. Mm. What's better, what, what better way than for me to say, hey, I'm the pastor of this church and this is what I do every day of my life. The devil don't take days off, neither do I. And wow. so if you want to be a part of what we're doing, this is what your leadership does. Yeah. He gets up every day and will lead you in a Bible study regardless of where he is, what time, no matter how tired, it doesn't matter. So that was the number one thing. And the other thing was uh, our church, we're a Bible-reading, believing church. Yeah. And my challenge on our first service was, oh, I want you guys to read two chapters of the Bible a day, one from the old, one from the new. Yeah. And I'll go even further, and I'll do it with you. I'll lead, I'll lead you guys in it. And so it started on Instagram and uh, live, and now it's on YouTube live every single morning. Um, and Sunday will be one year. Dude, that's insane. That's consistent. That's consistency. That's discipline. And that's what we're talking about. You know, it's exactly like we're talking that about. stuff doesn't happen on accident. I'm sure no. there's a lot of mornings where that 4 a.m. alarm clock goes off and you probably don't want to get out of bed. Bro, I, I play games. So I have a league that I'm in. I play basketball. Last night, I didn't get home till 1130 from Calabasas. So you get home at 1130. You're not you bed till 1230. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that 430 comes up and it's like, do I want to? Yeah. Uh, do I want to sleep in? Of course. But the thing about it is you can't allow your feelings and emotions to dictate your actions. Huge. And that's what many people, we fall, we're, we're so in love with our feelings and our, I don't feel like it. I'm yeah. sore. I'm tired. I don't feel good. If we only do the things that we feel like doing, many of us ain't getting nothing done. Yeah. I didn't feel like driving to Pasadena. Yeah. I didn't feel like, you know, I don't feel totally. like I want to, right? The flesh uh-huh. is willing, but, uh, or the spirit's willing many times the flesh isn't. Yeah. And that discipline is that crucifying that flesh and saying, there's things that are beneficial that I want to do that I know are good for me. Totally. But my body doesn't always want to follow suit. Yeah. So I need to do them anyway if I want to be who God's called me to be. Totally. I mean, it's the same for me. Like I, when I joined CrossFit two years ago, mm-hmm. I've gone six days a week. with the exception of like traveling, then I'll go work out in a gym, like Mm -hmm. in the hotel gym or whatever. Since I started CrossFit. I love it. And there's about uh, 90% of the days I do not want to go. Ever. Like Andrew, I'm not kidding you, (laughs) but like 90% of the days I'm looking at the workout before I drive there going, I don't have 130 Mm -hmm. thrusters in me today. No. Like I just don't have it. But you know what it has produced in my life? And I'm shaking this water bottle in the thing and Courtney's going to kill me. Sorry, Court. But- what I what is produced in my life by forcing myself in one area to become disciplined mm-hmm. is it's forced small wins throughout the day that prove to myself that I can one fight my flesh, but then I can win in other areas. Yes. So for a while it was eight a.m. for me at the gym, eight a.m. nine a.m. Right now I'm going at four thirty p.m. because I go with a buddy. We work out together. Accountability is good too. It's great. But what has started happening was that early morning I did this. I went through 30 minutes of hell (laughs) and I made it through like I did 150 burpees. I did 300 step ups. I just did all these thrusters. There's something about that discipline that seeps into the rest of your day, seeps into the rest of your life. And what it also gives you this strength in knowing that like whatever comes, I can choose to like die to myself and like next week says and pick up that cross Mm -hmm. And, and make it through. And, it, and it's built on these principles of discipline. Mm-hmm. And it's been huge for my life. It's been an absolute game changer in, in terms of like who I am, how I've grown in the past few years. Probably the last two years are the biggest growth years of my life. And I attribute it to a newfound like joy and love for discipline. Yeah. 
and even in the, in the things I eat and everything. That's good. The other day, a buddy of mine was telling me this story about um, there's this one pastor. He's pretty well known. I won't say his name. He he told a friend of his who's also like a well known pastor who's a little bit overweight. He pulled him aside and he said, "Hey, a third of yourself is in sin." Mm. And I've never heard anybody like say anything like that before. So this story is crazy to me. He's like, a third of you is in sin because a third of you is undisciplined and unsubmitted Mm. to the Lord because a third of you is not treating your body as what the Holy Spirit asked it to be a temple. Come on. And it's crazy because discipline is like you were saying earlier, discipline is not just like, it's not only a tool, but it's a sacrifice and it's an opportunity for worship to the Lord. Like, Hey, if I can offer how I live discipline to be like, offering a sweet fragrance to the Lord. Like my, that, that's the purpose of my life. Like I yeah. want my life to be an offering to the Lord. I want my ministry to be an offering to the Lord. I want my relationships to be an offering to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I want my discipline to be an offering to the Lord. Yeah. The other thing too about discipline is like, when you live different, people like notice. Right. And when you live like differently, it catches people's attention. Yeah. Like the other day, my buddy was like, um, I was at his house and he's like, hey man, I quit drinking. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like, why'd you quit drinking? And he's like, he said two things. He's like, one, I didn't want to crave anything that wasn't from the Lord mm-hmm. or good. of the Lord. He's like, and two, he's like, I wanted to dry, draw a definitive line in the sand between me and the rest of the world. That's good. He's like, because I wanted to show the rest. I wanted there to be something in my life that people go, why don't you drink? And he can go, I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. I can tell you about Jesus. That's so good. And that's what our discipline can offer. Like our discipline can offer those opportunities to be a disciple. And like you said, and disciple other people. That's good. It's huge. That's good. It's massive. Yeah. I want to share with you, uh, because you nailed it when it comes to CrossFit. Um, I wasn't in the Lord when I was running a CrossFit gym, but in retrospect, and that's the beauty of like getting old and experienced. You can always look back, even though I wasn't serving God, God was working on me. Yeah. And so I always say that CrossFit got me fit to carry my cross. Whoa, that's and so, huge. So, so really think about it because I know a lot of pastors, I could probably name five or six who do CrossFit as well. But there's something about that group suffering. There's something about mm-hmm. that mindset. There's something about that sacrifice and grind. And you said 90%. I'd, I'd almost go and say as far as 95% of the workouts I see, I don't want to do. Bro, no. But getting there is like a victory. And then yeah. finishing at the end, and you're just like, you feel great. And Huge. so if I can do that for an hour, there, there, my, whatever my flesh is longing for, does I, like it, it almost makes living holy and pursuing righteousness, and, and it makes it easier. You're Dude, just like, 100%. I can get over those things. 100%. It's not that hard. Yeah. So. When you can get yourself to do 150 burpees yes. after running 1,000 meters, Dude. it's like, I could probably do whatever. I could do whatever. I could probably do whatever. With the strength of God. With the strength of God. Not becoming boastful no. in our, or ourselves, but you put that, the two of them combined. CrossFit, it prepared me. So before CrossFit, I didn't like to speak in front of people. Wow. I had to coach classes of up to 40, 50 people, right? It created community, how to to create community. One thing over my six-year span of owning a CrossFit gym, people got married, people got divorced, people died, people graduated. So it created this community, this close-knit family, essentially. And we built and grew together. These are all things that have helped me as a church planter totally. and as a pastor. And, yeah. and so even in my mess that I had made being completely away from God, he was taking me being prepared to plant a church at 23, walking away from that and still using the mess that I was making to prepare me to eventually fulfill that calling on my life. It's insane. Dude, CrossFit really is like a great 
it really is a great illustration for so much. Like you said, like it's so yeah. communal. Yeah. Like there's nothing like going to a CrossFit gym at like a class that you don't normally go to and you don't know anybody. And you're like, hey, what up? When you walk in, and then by the end, you guys are all on the floor, like gasping. <laughs> you're like picking each other up and like dabbing each other up. Best you're friends. like best friends. You, you yeah. need to have a conversation, yeah. but you suffered together. Yeah. And not only did you suffer together, but you kept each other accountable right. because the guy next to you was rowing at a thousand mm-hmm. and you were like rowing at 900. Yeah. And you're like, I got to keep going. Yeah. And that's part of being disciplined too is having those yeah. people in your life that are like, hey, keeping you accountable. Yeah. That are like, you know, they're rowing a little faster than you and you're going, I have that in me. Yes. You know, like, and they're going, or they're going, Hey man, come on. Like the other day I, uh, we were doing this snatch workout and it was like this, Hey, if you don't listen to, if you, if you're a listener and you don't do CrossFit, we're just going to talk about CrossFit (laughs) for a bit. So find your local CrossFit gym, use code Andrew and Kate. Just kidding. Um, but there was this like snatch complex. It was like a, it was like a hang snatch, uh, a full snatch and then an overhead squat. Okay. And uh, the RX weight was at like 135. And that's heavy for me. That's heavy. And I, so I grabbed like, I put like 95 on the bar. And my buddy came up to me and he goes, dude. I'm like, well, he's like, you got to push yourself. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I do. So I took it off. I put 115 on the bar. There and he goes, go. no, you got to really push yourself. And I was like, all right. So I did 135. And it was heavy, dude. It yeah. was like really heavy. But at the end of the workout, I was like, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I just needed somebody to, like, push me a little bit to be like, hey, man, you can do that. Exactly. And it's the same for our faith and discipline in our mm-hmm. lives. Like, we've got to have people in our circles that are coming up and going, dude, you can do more than this. Right. Like, and it's out of truth and love. Mm-hmm. But they're like, hey, you're not putting enough on the bar, dude. Right. You're not spending enough time with the Lord. Yeah. Like, where is your faith? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you speaking that over yourself? Why are you acting in that way? Why are you hanging out with that group of people? Why are you drinking as much as you're drinking? Why are you, you've got to have those people in your life because discipline can be a lonely road. Yeah. And it's so much, it's so much better in that community aspect. Yeah. It's a game changer. The sacrifice, uh, and you said it is, um, it can be lonely because when you're sacrificing, not everybody understands that sacrifice and it'll isolate you. Yeah. So people, you know, Hey, do you want to go out late? I personally can't because I've got to get up at four thirty. Totally. And so you start to get invited to things less. Um, you start to be looked at almost uh, as like a pariah. You know, yeah. they see you and you're just like, okay, he's disciplined. He's uh, you know a year. Like I haven't even brushed my teeth every day in a year, <laughs> and this guy's doing a Bible study every day of the year. Like it's crazy. It comes off as intense or yeah. it comes off as uh, obsessive, but it's like. I'm unwilling to compromise because of the lack of other people's yeah. uh, discipline or consistency. And, totally. And that's what people want you to do is they'll try to, they'll, they'll almost mock you or make fun of you or throw jabs because of your discipline and consistency to make you feel as if you're the outlier. Yeah. But really, they're projecting their lack of discipline onto you to totally. try to to kind of make it feel better it's like an excuse or a band-aid that they put over it totally and so it can be lonely and so you do want to find people who are your tribe and and get it they get the the idea they do call you higher there there's nothing greater than having somebody in the the trenches with you and it's like yo you can do better and i'm not saying it for any selfish gain it's because i want to see you be the best that you can be yeah yeah. i love you totally or even even more so it's like hey i believe in the kingdom yeah. And like, I believe in the body of Christ and I believe that I'm a foot in your hand mm-hmm. and I'm not my best foot if you're not your best hand. Come on. And you got to have those people in your life that are going like, hey, we got to be better together because we are on mission and we're here to advance the gospel That's and right. tell people about Jesus and love people. 
and you're slacking off yeah and you are not eating right and it's causing you to not sleep well and it's causing you to stop working out and it's got to be disciplined in all those areas my dad is one of the most disciplined men like you will ever meet in your life like but i always attribute it to like well he's like super type a and he's like he's like oh he's he's just that guy and he's you know he's a fire chief and he's just this disciplined guy but i the older i get the more I realize that my dad is disciplined because he makes a lot of really small decisions daily. Come on. That cause him to that, that yeah. snowball into like a massive effect. Yeah. So watching my dad over this, the last few years and watching the way he lives, you're going, okay, when this guy was putting broccoli sprouts on everything that he was eating, it wasn't cause he liked it. Mm. It's cause he liked the benefit of it. Yeah. And you're, you're I'm watching him go, okay, the decisions I've watched him work out every single day, leave early at 4 a.m. to go to work, go be a firefighter, and hit the gym before, was it not a decision because he wanted to, it was because it made him better. Yeah. And it started to seep into my life. And when I told you, like, when the Holy Spirit was like, dude, you lack discipline, I was like, I got to be like my dad. Like, I got to, like, I got to really start caring about discipline. I got to start caring about, like, discipline being a vehicle that's going to take me somewhere that I actually want to be. Cause I don't want to be this version of myself. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. I want to be better. Right. And, um, there's such a faith aspect to that because, um, even like you see Jesus throughout the gospels, like he had disciplines, like he went to go be away with his father alone with his yeah. father. Mm-hmm. And those are disciplines that it almost seemed like at times, like Jesus was like, I gotta be alone or I'm not hand- going to handle this situation. Like exactly. I've got to get away from these people and go be with the father. Like, it was almost like those disciplines and those tools were the things that were obviously he was fully human and fully God, but those were the things that were allowing him to be, I would say even more effective here on earth and fight that man part of him, that man part of him that was tempted. And, and I think it's, it's so crucial. Yeah. It's so crucial. Like when you talk about your dad, I think that there's wisdom in playing the long game. Yeah. I think that our society where we're so short Sided uh, when it comes to Dude, things, so yes. it's that microwave generation. Mm-hmm. We want what we want, and we want it now. And they're not willing to make that sacrifice. You got to understand: if if I'm going to live to be 80 years old, I'm not even halfway there. Yeah. And so the decisions and the choices that I make, the food that I eat, the way that I rest, the way that I move my body, is I don't want my body to be a limiting factor in my capacity or my ability or my quality of life when I'm 80. Yeah. So imagine God's calling me to do missionary work or he's calling me to different places. I don't want the fact that I wasn't a good steward of my temple to prevent me from being able to answer that call. Huge. And so I'm playing the long game. I'm thinking of, you know, the food that I eat, the way that I drink, my my prayer life, all of those things are daily deposits into something that I want to build. And that's another thing is like nowadays, uh, everybody wants something now. That's something that I've struggled with with our church, having a brand new church. People will come in and see that it's a plant. Yeah, You can go anywhere in Los Angeles and get connected to a big-name celebrity pastor of a facility that's already been around for 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah. And so it's hard to get people who see a vision totally. that what we're doing is building something. And so you know, getting someone yeah. to, to buy into, okay, you walk in the door, there's only 75, 100 people. Mm-hmm. There are no smoke and lasers. There's, Maverick City isn't on the yeah, – yeah. you know, it, it's not that. And so for somebody to buy into, hey – we're going somewhere. It's just being built brick by brick. Do you want to be a part? A lot of the times like, ah, I don't want to yeah, be a yeah. part because what I want is I, I want this right now. I want this instant gratification. I want to step into something that's already been done. And so 
discipline and consistency usually is taking in the the marathon that life is it's not a quick sprint totally the things that we're doing aren't always enjoyable but they pay a dividend because it collects interest yeah so at some point i'm gonna tap into that down the road that is so good dude it really is bricklaying it is it's it is very much so bricklaying i have a buddy he's um really like a brother to me he lives up in norcal and he is that guy that goes up and down in, and he's totally fine with me talking about this because we mess around about it all the time, up and down with his weight mm-hmm. because he's the 75 hard guy. Okay. And he does 75 hard. I mess around with him all the time. I'm like, dude, I'm like, dude you do 75 hard every other 75 days. <laughs> I mean, you do 75 hard and 75 soft. Yeah. And then yeah. you do 75 hard and 75 soft. I know a guy like and, that. Too. Yeah. And it's like, and I was talking to the other day and he, I was like, dude, it's, it's got to be a marathon. Mm-hmm. Like it cannot be a sprint. Because, and that's the same with life, it's the same with our faith, same with our discipline. Like, it can't be, it can, you cannot be building out your systems and how you live your life out of a sprinting mentality. Like you said, like the microwave mentality. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a marathon. You got to build brick by brick and say, like, okay, what are the things I'm doing in my life that are going to pay the dividends over a long period of time? What's the investments that I'm, I'm, that I'm really investing into right now that are going to build me for my future? And so it's those, it's those daily habits, the daily disciplines that are the, the craziest things. Because you can have these umbrella disciplines like, oh, I don't drink or I don't go to the club or um, I don't do this. And I don't, you can have these, like, uh, these wide umbrella disciplines over your life, but it's the daily disciplines that make the, make the massive difference. Like what do I put in my mouth every day? How do I speak every day? What do I, how do I love people every day? How do I spend time with the Lord every day? How do I love my family every day? Those are the hard ones. Right. Daily, daily, yeah. those build into your future. Those are the ones that, you know, you look back and you go, man, 10 years ago, if I didn't put that in play, I don't know where I'd be now. Exactly. You know something I want to ask you? You have the coffee and prayer every morning. Mm-hmm. 360 days. That's in, that's insane. Like that's true consistency and discipline. You're the perfect guy to have this conversation because yeah, that is, absolutely. I mean that, and it's, you can say, yeah, absolutely. Because you've put that in, like you have mm-hmm. confidence in what you've built into your life. How does someone build out a discipline of daily prayer and devotion to the Lord and not make it religious? Mm. Yeah. I, I honestly think you just take it one day at a time. Yeah. You don't look at the macro, you look at the micro, you look at the so smaller good. picture. Uh, so many of us get caught up with the five-year plan or what it's going to be. Um, but what I've learned in my 38 years is that you can have all the goals and plans and visions and dreams, but God establishes your steps. Yep. And so for me, it's just taking, it's literally, I do coffee and prayer one day at a time. I remember when it was 30 days and then 60 wow. and then 90. And then we kept building and people said, what's the goal? And I said, just to show up tomorrow. Yeah. The goal is just to show up tomorrow. We're at 360. Awesome. I can look forward to 365. But what are we doing after that? 370. Yeah. I, I don't know. 366. 366. Yeah. It's not, um, I think that we get so caught up with future tripping and thinking yeah. about the tomorrows. Um, for me, it's just like I could breathe my last breath on my way home. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not putting a whole lot of stock. It's okay to have plans and goals and visions. But yeah. again, I'm trying to be the best version of, I, of who I am today. And a book that really helped me, this is not a Christian book. I mean, we were talking about it, that yeah. when we came into this. It's called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Okay. And it's, it's just this principle of um, daily habits done consistently over a period of time equal results. We shared that a little bit. But it's, it's just what you said. Yeah. 
it's easy to eat a salad today, but it's just as easy not to. Wow. It's easy to go to the gym, but it's just as easy not to. We all yeah. have these choices, and the choice is do or don't. Totally. Is it going to kill me if I don't go to the gym today? No. Is no. it going to kill me if I do? No. Or is it going to change my life? No. Like in the moment, I'm not going to go to the gym and walk out and see a six-pack. No. And so the the results both take time, and it's what do I decide? Am I going to do it or am I not? Yeah. And the choice is just as easy either way. Totally. And so it's that today I'm going to choose two, and then tomorrow I'm going to choose two. And then you look back 21 days, 45 days, 90 days, and you start to see those results, and that's what pushes you. So when it comes to the things of the Spirit, uh, is one prayer and Bible reading session going to change your entire walk with Jesus? No, it's not going to be like transformational and eye-opening. It could be. I'm not going to limit God. Yeah, you can have an experience. You could have an experience, but for the most part, part, it's going to be pretty mundane. Yeah. And then you do it again and then again. And the next thing you know is, uh, and what I can speak on, is that a year ago, I couldn't quote near as much scripture. Yeah. But now I know receipts. I know addresses. I can quote scripture like it's nobody's business. Unreal. And, and that was never my intention. Yeah. But that is a result of the consistency and discipline. And yeah. I, I look back at a year ago, some of the, the, the episodes we did, and I was like, hey, I'm not the best at quoting scripture. I couldn't tell you where that's at. Today I could. Wow. I probably could tell you where yeah. it's at because I, I know. And you don't need to test me. I'm not saying it's not yeah. that good. I'm still well, a work in progress. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, let me slow down yeah. here. Hold on, buddy. You're not that good. Yeah. But I'm far better than I was. Yeah. And so there's and that, a fruit. But that's the goal. And that's the goal, right? The goal is never perfection. Like the never. goal is not, it's progress every yes, day. Yes. Because there's this like, there's this notion that we've been given or we've created that like one day we're going to arrive. Like one day we're gonna reach. There's no point of arrival. We've got in there. Like one day you're gonna wake up in the morning and go, I'm done. Wrap it up. (laughs) I'm done. I'm good. We did it. You know, it's all over. Mm -mm. But it's it's that's false. That doesn't exist. Like there's such beauty and in the journey. And God has something so important every single day and every step through the journey that we have to have our minds open to. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, like I'm not perfect at it. It's like Mm -hmm. probably never will be. No. That's not the goal. The goal is every day to get better at it. And yeah. that's throughout that, that you can lay that out and that principle out throughout your entire life yeah. from memorizing scripture to getting to the gym, to eating more salads, mm-hmm. which I don't believe in salad. Actually, Dude, I don't eat salad. Yeah. Carnivore diet. Only. Yeah. Are you on the carnivore diet? Carnivore and fruit, right? It's Bro, meat and fruit. Yeah. Meat and fruit and honey. Meat and come fruit on. and honey. Hey, come- we follow the same dude this on Instagram. Guy, oh yeah. Shout out Paul. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's wild. That is wild. That's all I eat. CrossFit and carnivore. Diet, dude, CrossFit man. and carnivore. We got to get like a lunch and, cro- and CrossFit in together. I am with it. That'll be huge. Your poor listeners are just like, they're, they're like, dude, CrossFit? we get it. We they're hate like, CrossFit we right it. now. <laughs> dude, I love how much people hate CrossFit too. It's the oh, funniest thing. And they've never tried it. Not once. Or they took one terrible class. Terrible. In the back alley of yes, spot. Yes. You, know? you know what's actually another great illustration from CrossFit though is like when you go to CrossFit, you can't do all the movements. No. Like when you go to CrossFit, you can't snatch. No. Or you, overhead squat. You can't overhead squat. No, no way. No mobility. No. You can't overhead squat. You can't butterfly no. on pull-ups. Like. No. You can't do any of these things. You can't do handstand push-ups when you first get there. Right. But my same buddy, mm-hmm. I would always say, oh, I can't do that. And he'd always go, yet. Exactly. And he'd say, the key word is yet. Mm-hmm. And that drove me to be like, you're right. It's not a definitive, I can't do it. It's I mm-hmm. can't do it yet. Right. And that that yet could be part of the thing that pushes more discipline is mm-hmm. being like, it's it's not that I can't do anything. Like, I can do all things through yeah. Christ who gives me strength. Right. It's that I can't do it yet. Exactly. And, but what's going to take me to get from I can't do it to the yet 
is going to be discipline. Discipline. It's going to be consistency. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little sometimes failing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of failing. A lot of failing. A lot of failing. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. I mean, strength and, and results come from failing. If you want your muscles bigger and stronger, you got to take them to a point of failure. Yeah. And then you have to, and it's not just taking them to failure. You have to grow. You have to feed it, nourish it, hydrate it, rest it, so that it comes back and is now stronger to perform the task at hand. Yeah. Same with your spiritual muscle. There's going to totally. be fail. You got to fail. But I think that a lot of people will take that failure and they allow it to define them. Mm. So they fail or they mess up and immediately they allow that to be who they are. They take it on as their identity rather than seeing their forgiveness and newness in Christ. And so uh, I I dealt with a situation this morning and it was, it was just that it was somebody who I'm discipling. Uh, We we just had a miscommunication and immediately they want to demonize themselves and like, you know, uh, and I'm just like, take, hold on a second. Yeah. This was good. Yeah. This, we just were able to go to a place, Mm -hmm. have open communication, learn something about one another and grow from this that we can choose to see this as a a mess up or a mistake or harm, or we can look at it as a lesson. Yes. What's the lens that you're looking at it through? It's like, I always say like, I'm not afraid to make mistakes. Right. I'm afraid for mistakes to make me. That's right. And so I'm not afraid to mess up. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid if I don't learn from messing up. I'm afraid of fumbling the bag Mm -hmm. and not learning how to carry it better. That's right. But picking it up and fumbling it again. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. And when we're failing in our disciplines, we're going to have failures, but we have to learn from those failures. Like you said, like there's, gosh, what book was this? I think John McEnroe, there was a book from John McEnroe. He's a famous tennis player. And he said that he learned more from every match he lost than the ones he won. That's good. And that's life, dude. It's like, how much more have we learned from the things we lost than the times we had wins? Because the wins go, yeah, that was great. But the losses, you go, man, I had to work on X and Y and Z. Mm -hmm. And you learn the things that you got to get better at. And it's, again, it's just, it's part of discipline. It's part of the push. It's part of the, it's part of being a disciple of Jesus is learning exactly. how to get better and move forward. Exactly. I mean, look at look at Peter. Yeah. Look how many times he put his foot in his mouth. Yeah. Look at him stepping out of the boat, rebuking Jesus, being called the rock on which, you know, the church would be built. Yeah. He was even called Satan. Get behind me, yes, Satan. Bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then you look, and, and that's throughout the Gospels, you see the persons of Peter failing over and over and falling short, making mistakes. But then you look at him in the book of Acts and the power. People were trying to get in his shadow. Yeah. Because... He had the power to his shadow. So it's just like, it's a picture of failure as a part of the process, especially when you're in the presence of Jesus. Yeah, well, so when you're walking with Jesus, it's okay to fail, make mistakes yeah. because he's going to use that as preparation. He's going to use that as a refining tool to yeah. help you become who he's called you to be. And then you're going to walk in your full power yeah. just like Peter did. So about a year ago, I had a friend, she's like super prophetic. She's one of those like friends. It's like annoyingly prophetic. You ever have one of those? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, so we're like sitting at dinner, bro. We're like a bunch of friends of ours. We're having a great night. She just looks across the table and she like leans me in and she goes, Hey, the Lord wants you to know that like, he's been speaking to you very clearly, but you're about to go into a season where you're not going to hear from him. Mm. And I was like, we're, we're at Chili's. <laughs> I'm like, can we do this later? How dare you? You know, like, and I'm like, this chick doesn't know what she's talking about, dude. No shot. Yeah. And then fast forward four months and the Lord basically goes silent on me, mm. which was crazy because I was having like, I was in this season where the Lord was so clear and was speaking to me so loudly and he goes silent on me. And every day I would get in the word and it would feel like failure mm. because I would get in the word and I'm like, God, where are you? Like, I feel, I don't. I don't feel your presence. 
Don't feel you're here. You're not speaking to me. But what I did in those, it was like a six month period that literally ended a month and a half ago. Wow. I put my feet to the pavement and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in and, and pull out whatever I can out of this, out of the scriptures. I'm going to just dive in. I'm going to seek Jesus. I'm going to keep knocking and keep knocking and keep knocking and keep knocking. And every day I got up for, it was like maybe four or five months. Every day I got up, got in the word and felt like God had left me. Wow. But he, th- he was teaching me something. He was teaching me how to seek him. He was teaching me how to look for him. He was teaching me how to be disciplined because it's really easy to be excited to get in the word when like you feel like the pages are jumping out at you and God's speaking to you so clearly and every day is new revelation and every day you're like getting new vision for your life and every day there's these God ordained instances that are happening in your life. It's it's exciting. Mm -hmm. But when he goes a little silent on you and he goes backstage to work on some things, are you going to keep seeking him? You know, are you going to, are you going to keep trying to be in his presence? Are you going to keep knocking? Are you going to keep desiring intimacy? Is your hunger for the Lord going to disappear? Hmm. And he was, what he was doing was testing me and molding me and testing my discipline. Was I going to be disciplined in the season where I felt like I couldn't hear from the Lord? Wow. And luckily I was. Yeah, yeah. And you come back out on the other side with insane revelation, insane hmm. things happening in my life right now. Hmm. And you're going, wow, what a testing season of yeah. my discipline. And I wonder if I would have shown him a different side of no discipline, mm-hmm. I wonder if he would have spoken to me what he's been speaking to me the last month. Wow. It's very interesting. Yeah. I guess we'll never know. I guess we won't know. Because you accomplished the task. Come on, man. Yeah. Bro, That's you honestly good. make me want to be so much even more disciplined. I love it. That's the goal, man. That is, I yeah. love that, that so is much. The goal. One last thought. Yeah. What would you say? Just give maybe one tip, two tips mm-hmm. to a listener that says, hey, I want to be more disciplined in my faith and in my fitness. Because mm-hmm. that kind of became the theme of the day. What are two tips you'd give them to for those first steps into becoming more disciplined in those areas? Yeah, the, I would say start small. Yeah, um, start small with goals that are attainable. You know, um, I believe that success breeds success. So the wow. more that you see yourself uh, succeeding. So a, qu- a quick example: if you're like, I'm going to go to the gym five times this week, and you only make it three. You start to get discouraged. You don't see the fact that you went three. All you see is failure and you see that you fell short. So if my goal is I'm going to try to get to the gym once this week, but I make it three. Now I'm thriving and I'm starting to breed success. So many times we bite off more than we can chew. That's so good. And we'll set this bar at an impossibly high rate. And when we don't reach that, it only breeds discouragement. And most people end up giving up or quitting. So I always start my clients and people off. Hey, start real. Like set the bar low, man. Just show up. I like that. And then as you show up consistently, that starts to breed success and feeling good. And so then you, well, I could do, I could do two days a week, right? I could do, I could do better. I could do more. And so as you start to do more, you start to see it and it it creates this snowball effect. You get the avalanche rolling. And then next thing you know, you're on autopilot. I love that. Yeah. That's huge. That's, that's a great tip. Yeah. I love that so much, bro. Thanks for coming on the podcast for real. Thanks for having me. I love you, dude. I look up to you so much. I I honor you. I love seeing all God's doing in your life and your faithfulness. And it truly is just a testament of your character, discipline, consistency, and faithfulness. And you're seeing God moving that in your life. And so big fan of you, bro. Thanks for coming on for real. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Let's go eat some meat. Yeah. And do CrossFit. (laughs) Meat and CrossFit. Let's go. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope it encouraged you and inspired you. If it did, be sure to leave a review, share the episode with a friend, 
And uh, let's continue to spread the word about what God's doing in this podcast. Hey, before we close, I want to shout out Life Audio um, for partnering with us on this podcast. You can go to lifeaudio.com to check out a bunch more Christian podcasts just like this one. They got ones on Bible studies, parenting, and many, many more options for you. I think you're going to find honestly a ton of of podcasts like questions with Caden that you're really going to enjoy. You're going to be encouraged by. Um, So be sure to check out Life Audio. Go to lifeaudio.com. Check out all the amazing things they're doing. We love them to death. And I think you're going to too. Hey, I love you so much. Praying for this week, believing that whatever God spoke to you through this podcast is going to encourage you and continue to permeate through your heart for the rest of the week. We'll see you next week. Love you. I found myself on a ledge, three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend in my new podcast, Billy and the Goat. I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art, inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.